Hello, welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker, and today I'm talking to Matt Jones, one of the co-founders of Hemingsworth. And before I bring Matt in, let me tell you a bit about Hemingsworth from their website. Born out of the desire to set new standards in versatile and enduring tailoring, one that reflects our brand's core value of uncompromisable English quality. This philosophy is built into every piece we make, inspiring us to make the most comfortable, versatile and luxurious garments a man would want to wear all day functioning as well in both formal and casual occasions and most importantly the journey in between and here to tell us about the journey of Hemingsworth in his own words is co-founder Matt Jones we, we talked about cookie cutter answers before we, came <laughs> we did. by numbers and I, I, whether I get one of them I'll give, I'll give you my my pain point because I think that's where I um, spent a lot of time traveling around doing a lot of flights and I'm and I haven't found a solution to this. So there you go. There's maybe, we, we haven't found an answer, but I used to pack um, way too many clothes all the time. Or I wanted to bring a suit. And by the time I pulled it out, whatever location I got to, it was it was creased, it was crinkled. Same with shirts. And the premise for Hemingsworth is to create a wardrobe that travels a lot better. Clothes that don't crease, that have recovery properties. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a guy, I sweat. Also, my waist expands because I enjoy a drink on a plane. I enjoy having a meal. Um, and ra- rather than having these washboard abs, which I've just never had. So having clothes that kind of adapt with me and where I'm going. And I wouldn't say that then that means they're just for travel alone. Is I think travel just is this extreme of conditions, if you want, where you can go from warmer climbs to colder ones and different conditions it doesn't mean you know i'm wearing um one of our, our kind of big knits at home today and i'm absolutely loving it but the idea is you put that on after you've taken this adventurous plunge into the swim maybe when you're on a Balearic coast in november where the temperatures you know i quickly i need to put something on and um whether that answers it we, we say it's you know for for the modern globe trotter, and the last two years, as we know, there hasn't been a lot of that. Um, but everything we create is is designed for that more kind of long haul, where you're going in in between different climbs. And do you start with? So you started with the idea of what you want in a wardrobe. Do you then kind of percolate ideas for designs, and then? Or do you go right now? I need to talk to a mate to see if I can make this happen. Maybe I need to approach designers can you remember the the steps beyond first the idea Sure. i mean i mean there were a lot of steps there's a hundred steps we don't talk about because there's usually a hundred mistakes with most of these things we uh, we started with swim because I was, I was always wearing shorts I was, I was living again i referenced it in the balearics and i think a lot of the ideologies of situations or occasional wear are, sh- are shaped around that and I, I wanted a set of shorts that were really, really comfortable. I think a lot of the, there's, there's been this the last 15 years of kind of growing boom of, of tailored swimwear. And some done a really good job. I think some have breathed vitality into that space. Others, it's, there's nothing wrong with this, but it's a kind of slim fit short, which doesn't really kind of, uh, adapt with you over the time so that was our, our, our first kind of starting point it's kind of how do we have a short that actually you can your waist is going to expand about an inch and a half throughout the day 
mm. back down and, and again and again and, and something you can swim in. And we started through that as a, as a halo product because that's what I wanted to use. I wanted to go swim in and I wanted to wear a short that looked acceptable uh, when I was on a plane rather than these silly designs sometimes you say and i'm much more conservative so obviously it's not not silly designs but you're not going to see me in a in a kind of uh banana insignias on my shorts um as a, as a, not unless we get that crowdfunder going <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um and we we built out from there so it's good okay let's let's put a nice nice blazer with that just to, to smarten that up and i thought oh, i'm never going to create polos or t-shirts there's enough of them in the world but if we're going to do it how do we create something that you know is is on that again that hem hem mentality um a little bit of stretch in maybe a six percent bit of lycra just so you've got that because you don't want to put something that's so stiff and rigid um open one one piece collars and we we just kept going from there and either side of that so what goes well with a short if it's a sirocco well we've all since we've made a kind of tailored trouser and just cut it at the leg why don't we just extend that and not do the cutting process um so we've got the trouser um and we started adding knitwear having much more fun with jackets i think me being this really kind of pale and red skin sort of uh celtic looking guy i favor the colder months and the layers so i'm so pleased you know we kind of then expanded into to autumn winter um and we're now we've got this ready to wear thing i think it's we we have, we have a lot of clients that feed in to oh because you do this do you like this and we we like that um because a lot of them are really good ideas most of our clientele they're they're chief execs that i mean you got obviously you're all the fun actors and celebs but they're they're the real world users that have 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 come across these problems and i think they go okay ah i've got the solution here to this problem that hemingsworth has created so i'm gonna how about this um you know, we did a, an espadrille with Goral uh, footwear and this, this they, 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 they're brilliant. They kind of spearheaded the whole Blake stitch thing where you can resell trainers. And we, we created this resell espadrille. It's foldable, puts it in your pocket, but it looks beautiful. It's not one of those throwaway things, which I think is one of the big issues with those sort of horrible yeah. things. You know, you probably wear them in a nightclub. They look white and they come out black. Not that you take these in there. Um, so I think it's a mix. There's, there's constantly, we're all finding, okay, wouldn't this be better? Wouldn't this be the, the great situation? And I think it's one of the reasons we've focused so much with autumn, winter recently is because we have been at home. Um, you know, we've been, we've been anchored in that way. Um, uh, whereas I think previously all of the stuff favoured the kind of uh, warmer, warmer seasons. Matt, I'm really excited about the new collection. The new collection that's out, the, the autumn, winter collection, the Origins and maybe you can tell me about the story and some of the uh, the ideas and inspirations behind the designs, please. Well, I'm glad you're excited, so am I, Peter. <laughs> we, uh, I am excited. Um, autumn, winter, icons, origins. I think it goes back to uh, previous uh, season, SS21. Icons um, was all about celebrating these key influences on uh, myself, design team, um, that we've kind of taken a grass and have inspired the various cuts and looks today, you know, the kind of carry ground since catch a thief, uh, references to, to bond and so forth. And we, I think for autumn winter with this being our first, we thought maybe let's take a step back and, and go through 
whatever we could find on the history books, looking back at kind of where a lot of these great actors or, or great influencers, and I hate coining that t- term because, you know, it's kind of got another meaning for this, this, the modern day. Um, yeah, yeah, no yeah. thing, you know, there you go. Uh, but the, you know, these real kind of Steve McQueens at this time. And so many of their, them were great athletes and a lot of their confidence and the building these skills all came from various um, athletic pursuits and sports. So the idea for us was to kind of go back and look at what they might have been wearing at the time as, as this, you know, whether it be the rowing and this, um, this, this kind of Harvard insignia if you want, on, on some of the, the knitwear jumpers. And uh, rowing, again, obviously really tied into um, our, our kind of thoroughbred um, swimwear that we do. But the, the chunky fleece jackets, the, the track varsity running jackets, um, just with these references, I think, to earlier times rather than all that they were. And I think we, whether we, we made, we're, we're going to make that too obvious, we don't really... So we're not really a big push on, on marketing or try hard. And I think that's probably my experience from the past, just now wanting to move away from that. Mm. But um, yeah, the, the collection is, is definitely my favorite. Um, and it's one of those every single piece, I think, when guys look at it and go, yeah, I, I want that or I could wear that and I find that occasion, as opposed to going, ooh, you know, maybe just that, that one or two. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll take a walk in Harrods and um, I'll show you. Yeah, definitely. Well. Where, I was going to ask, where do you think that comes from, those nods to, say, retro and the old classics, like you mentioned Cary Grant there, to Catch a Thief, you've got the, uh, I think it's called the Robbie, isn't it, on the, on the website? The, the yeah, the Robbie. Of, almost Robbie like, a, like a Breton long sleeve. Uh, I don't think Breton's the right term, but... No, that's, that, that's it, a hooped, hooped. Thank uh, you. Hooped, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but, so I, I consider you a bit of an old soul map. Uh, in many ways that we have that affinity for, say, like a Roger Moore safari jacket, you know, a lot of people would just be quite modern and go, well, what can we reinterpret maybe from today's era? Like, what would Daniel Craig do? But I think you're looking more into something that's more timeless. And, you know, is it does that come from, like, watching old movies as a kid? Or is that something that you had ingrained like for your parents? Where did that come from? I, I think it's, we're not, we're just, we're not rushed. And we don't really... It'd be foolish to say we don't follow trends in so much. Um, but I think the things that, that do stand the test of time, I'll, I'll give you an old, here you go, an old story as we take another shoehorn curveball. Um, I remember being on a beach and um, I was watching this old boy push out his boat and it was a knacker little boat with a lovely kind of rustic uh, worn sail. And he's pushing out between these two giant yachts. And as you can imagine, as, as most, yachts in the summer these had a lot of people and they had a lot of bodies and they were wearing maybe the uh the shorts that represented different demographics you know they're quite loud and rarey and um he pushed out in between and, and he went off for an hour i'd finished lunch and i had to go up to him because I, I was living locally at the time i was just where have you been as he came back with all these oranges that, he's, uh, that he picked and he um uh, he said, oh, I've just got these locally and is that where you're from? And we, you know, all, all those wonderful, splendid things. And um, we, we kept getting interrupted as we're looking over our shoulders to these boats, you know, getting louder and louder and this. And um, 
he eventually transpired he's he's the owner of the beach and most of that kind of corner of land and obviously they're they're paying him for the the um uh to anchor there at the uh -huh. time and i really like the the idea that this guy who had his shirt off was absolutely kind of you know that scorched but looked really really good as opposed to me in a kind of lobster fight suited him um <laughs> i liked that he was just really laid back and relaxed with all of this. And I always wanted to be for a guy like him, if you want, in terms of the styles that we develop, something that is really practical, something I think a lot of brands forget is something that's really, really comfortable. And if you look at a lot of the stuff going back in the past, it's all very, it's all utilitarian. It had a use, it had a purpose, it had pockets, not, not for the sake of just, <laughs> uh, just adding them on there and, and really lovely little details and belts and I think everything had a sense of elegance as well and elegance isn't to kind of sound like oh it's a tuxedo you know it's no it's it's uh, I think and I think those little details encourage confidence um, when you start adding them which is why you know I can talk about the swim I can go on the, the, the shoehorn speech of a 29 piece pattern and 17 hand finished stages but it's more you know, the buckles we have are from Germany. They're specially uh, created for us. The Tahitian mother of pearl buttons that we have from Italy. And it's just a long list of those. And they're, they're little details that are, are nods to people really, really caring about those deep, you know, rather than just, I think a lot of brands now, you look at them, they're, you look like a sponsored MotoGP GP athlete, don't you? It's kind of the, you've got so many logos and crests mm. on you. Um, so I think that's that's more. I think it's we don't need to reinvent the wheel with it. There was a, a lot of little beautiful things that can that can come out, and we just just go back to. And I think uh, just to, as I go on this long winded answer here, it's the comfort is is the big one, and and feeling good inside them rather than stuff which is so tight for the body. You know, this 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 that stop. You know, everyone's pretending things are tailored nowadays that they're not. Mm. And you, you'll know enough, enough about that with your own background. Well, I, I, I get the, the tailored analogy a lot, which confuses me because most people talk about what they're referring to is just ready to wear, but they're going, well, it's a tailored look. I'm like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean it has to look <laughs> completely shrink-wrapped. Uh, and not everyone can have a tailored look if it's off the peg because that kind of, that's counterintuitive, but... Yeah. Um, no, I I understand what you what you mean. I mean, you, you touched upon some of the uh, the ingredients for the products, um, but the the main mantra, and I feel like the heartbeat of the brand is the made in England. And maybe you can help me define what is made in England when it, it seems like there is quite an ambiguous definition of made in England these days. Perhaps you can just help me. Yeah. Uh, you know, any, anyone can, uh, it, it's, and it's really sad, it's a real bugbear, and there's there's certainly uh, bigger heavyweights within the industry that have, have, have done more and, and are trying to bridge this of rules and regulations. You see these these companies that put London or England in their logos and the, the various brands, and this sounds like a rant now, so it's not <laughs> I see your eyes kind of moving back. Like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, when you when you say, "Oh, we try and make as much as possible over here," really, you know, over what, what's your category? When you start losing, you, you know, is that a degree of profit that you have to reduce? And I think for us, we we tried because we started with the swimwear. We tried making that 
a particular pattern in other places, and we couldn't. Um, it, it took too long. There were too many inconsistencies and mistakes, and there's a this the the old skills just just weren't there, and ones that you could see these kind of hand cutting as opposed to just always on a machine. There was real love that was put into it. Okay, this is this this feels right. This feels nice. Um, it's lovely to be able to drive down to the factory. Um, this one in particular in London. And um, and make those changes and go through it rather than just doing things on on a conference call with maybe a where you know a, a factory manager and um, I think we we decided at that point okay where do we want to want to make everything else because it's triumphantly expensive but I think most of our audience they appreciate that fact and it's not to say that others don't sometimes you, there it's it can be exclusive in the price you know the idea would be lovely if uh, making in England was a bit more accessible. I think that would be the, but it's so easy to chase profit and go overseas. What I don't understand is people that, um, you know, most of what you're paying for with those products isn't the, the make, it's not the fabric. You're paying for the shipping fees nowadays if you don't make in England. You know, and all that is then put back into the cost, whereas I prefer all, all the value of all the product is on the maker and all the ingredients that are in there. Um, and doing that as, as, as best as possible. And it's, um, I think, we, whether it be the jackets, whether it be knitwear and different parts of England that we use, I just, I, I can't imagine us making anywhere else. I, I see what comes through on the product. And I go, oh, it's like you guys. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, and, and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. We're a British brand. I don't understand how you can be British and make overseas and or to put a button on at the end uh, so what are the rules of um, so sorry to try and nail yeah. you down on this but I, I feel like if i had to ask anyone it had to be you okay. um after talking to several people about this there, there seems to be some kind of conflated opinion that you could just make 95 percent of the product in pakistan and then put that's one cool. button on that's british and that five percent now makes it eligible to pass the made in britain license i mean is, is there any yeah, I, kind of black and white on this there's a gray area there's a there is a gray area what i don't understand you've got some really great institutions out out there one called great and um you know we've got to protect this this british making it's got a, a this reputation all around the world um and slowly it's been chipped away at um we Equally, the, the reason we make in so many different factories, what we could have done and what would have been logical and, I guess, sense is, is make one product, make lots of them in one factory and it'd be our own. Well, the industry is, well, it's seen growth um, recently, um, again, just in, in the wake of Brexit. But we, we decided to support as many of the existing factories that are out there rather than creating another because all we're doing is creating more competition that's going to take business from these who've got the, the I call them the old, old oligarchs, you know, the, the, the skill makers. And this, and well. <laughs> and this, this dying breed, but keep, keep them in business. And that's the, that's the key. And the focus for us is to make in more uh, English factories than, than any other British brand. And I don't think we're ever going to get to the volumes of what, what some will do, but I'm, I'm really happy to say, you know, we'll put, 2,000 units there, 5,000 units there, and and um, and love the products, and uh, I love what we get. And it is nice. With them. You always get to hang around with the factory owners, and I think they enjoy it because 
most of the things are like, oh, can you do this? It's quite simple. Can you do this? We go, right, what, what should we create together? What can you do? You know, what's, the, what's something which you've got in the old rule book, maybe from 20 years ago, that we can kind of rediscover or that's, mm. that's been put away? So the rules of making in England, yeah, they're, they're a grey area. It would be nice if there was maybe some um, badge which said 100% made in England or... Um, less than 50% or less, you know, but it gets confusing, those traffic light systems. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll pull a big group of people together and we can all knock our heads together in the future. But, um, yeah, until then. <laughs> it, yeah. it sounds to me like the, and this has only just come to mind, so I'm not sure how this is going to come out, but it sounds like the, the VAR of the clothing industry, but VAR when it first came out. So video assistant referee for the people that don't watch football, they kind of then started drawing imaginary lines on offsides and then like other kind of weird rules about handball, five passages of play, you go and go, well, that, we can't have a goal now because some dude handballed it just before the whistle blew. And that seems to be now in, in this mix where there's so many different rules that are leaving e- the EU and what does constitute made in Britain and what doesn't. And now we can, like you say, have the word London tacked onto everything. So long as it's this London, so long as it's designed in London, we can have the word London on it, even though it's made entirely in somewhere else. It, it just feels like there's, uh, it, it needs to be just, is it onside or is it offside? Let's just help everyone out and make it very easy. It, 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 um, it, it would. I still don't understand the benefits saying designed in London. In terms of that, what value <laughs> that brings? I mean, and also, like, are you sure it's designed in London? And maybe you might have been on the flight back from Japan, like over the Pacific somewhere. I mean, you might have landed in London when the idea was finished, but then does that make it definitely in London? No, sure. And I think that just that provenance anyway is just is is useful um, to understand, you know, that kind of journey of the garment. I think you can indulge. It doesn't mean. All the best makers are England, in England or, or Britain, or that. You, um, I think it's it, it just it's good for the consumer to know where things come from. Um, Do you think your that. customer appreciates that? Like like a, a customer that appreciates a Savile Row suit will typically just buy Savile Row suits for knowing that it's been made on Savile Row. Do you think? Do you yeah, have that I, kind of demographic? There's a, there's a promise there, I would say, and there's an expectation. And so long as you meet it as, as a brand, um, your your you're contributing to the value of made in England uh, and you're, you're doing, doing a good service. Yeah. It's definitely one of the reasons we've appealed and stood out over others, because I think especially a lot of retailers, they, they recognize the, the challenges and how so many probably brands originally started out making in England. Now it's, it's, it's overseas. I mean, have a look at where your, your coat's made and, and that. And it's usually five or four or five places. You know, they're all, all in the, the, the same countries and markets. And even a lot of the British brands that you and I wear, um, you'll be surprised. But I'm not, I'm not going to name drop because <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Matt, you talked about uh, visiting factories and maybe asking them to bring out archives. I want to know what the most enjoyable part of the process for you is. Is it that? Or is it putting the mood boards together? Is it getting the prototypes in your hand? Um, is there like a really nice, rewarding part of the process for you? Yeah, I, 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 I blew some smoke up Henry's uh, derriere earlier, uh, our creative director, and it's um, really great background. I think for him, that he gets the enjoyment of, of seeing what's possible and making sure that every stitch on 
an addition is right for me um I'm still that guy. This is this was a new industry for me from where I came from. So I enjoy wearing the clothes. I enjoy testing out the clothes. Okay, the, the sleeves are either too too short or too long. And so those things, or I, it needs more give. Um, or could we go for a heavy thing? Unfortunately, I never really have to have those conversations because by the time they get to me, Henry's done all of those things. So it's, it's a wonderful relationship. <laughs> um, I think we... It's a kind of you, you have that starting point, and you just go off and 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 do do your things. And um, yeah, mood boards are lovely. Um, as a absolute wow, what could we create here? Uh, uh-huh. What could we design? Because there isn't really this cafe. It's not. Uh, of course, you want to keep things com- commercial. You got to got to enjoy them, and it's got to be maybe fifteen or twenty percent of. I was going to say lunacy or fantasia or idiocy, maybe, where you just go, could we do that? Could it work? And, and that's, and I think that's really, really great. If we ever did a sample sale of all these <laughs> random, uh, random quirky little bits. But yeah, I, I like it. We found our feet, um, especially as a young brand. You know, we, we established 2013, but it took us about four years to develop the swim shore, which feels like a long time. But once you've, you understand what goes into the shore. Yeah, I think you, 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 it becomes, okay, all right, I understand this. And oh, I like it. I think it's just to, just to come up with winners and we found what our best sellers are with people so that they can also get used to the various fits now. Um, I'm just like a customer. I, I enjoy putting the clothes on, seeing how they feel, uh, getting a reaction. Again, it's more subdued. It's about how it makes me feel. But it's nice to walk into a room and you go, yeah, this is one of mine. Yeah, yeah. no, I bet. Um, well, uh, not to blow smoke up your kazoo, man, but I've enjoyed your shorts firsthand. I can tell you, uh, you were kind enough to send on a pair of clipper shorts. It must have been about four years ago, maybe three, four yeah, years ago. Yeah, And they've, uh, I, I send you photos of everywhere I go, just to kind of yeah. make you jealous about my. Uh, they are world shorts. <laughs> Those shorts have been. They've done some miles, my friend. But what I, what I do like about them. Mm. It, more than anything is that you can just literally get out of the pool and you don't feel out of place by then walking into the hotel or maybe going in to get a drink you know somewhere where you feel like you have to get changed out of your board shorts to put something else on for that short passage of you know maybe picking up a coffee from the canteen but you know i could literally walk around these shorts anywhere and i didn't feel out of place and uh, they've like I say, they've stood the test of time they've been they've been a really nice accompaniment on my travels i'm i'm pleased and i think that's the that's always feedback that is it's lovely to hear they they they're a short that you can swim in you know they're not a swim short that you can wear outside of the pool as i think others have, have kind of proceeded in that area the idea is you wouldn't know they're a swim short until you're actually in mm. the water that's yeah, yeah. what we went for with that i think as you you probably benefit the the adjustable waist belt rather than just something at the side, you know, plus with a French fly, everything is kind of kept in and it feels nicer rather than being, rather than sometimes I think having a metal clasp that you, there could be a bit of drama in the day feeling that that might suddenly open at any point. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But well, also, and I don't know if this works in favor for you, but since I've had these pair of shorts and they've lasted, I've, I've not actually been bothered about getting any other pairs. So, you know, we, we mentioned Bond earlier. There's obviously a lot of uh, uh, shorts that Bond might wear mm-hmm. in different films for different occasions by different brands. And people will go, oh, have you realized this one's now out? Or you can buy this one in this one. And I'm like, well, it's, 
it's not going to do me any favors because I'm not going to wear them. They'll probably just sit in my collection. So I, I've wore, I'm okay. I've got my, I've got my swim shorts. I'm all good to go. You know, it's a bit like how everyone has their tuxedos. They don't have like four or five different tuxedos they might want to wear. Well, most people don't. They go, I've got my one tuxedo. It's good. It, it's served the purpose. Given how much you get sent, I'm going to think that's a very big compliment then. And uh, especially I think there's this, I mean, there's lots of swim swim brands out there, and I think they're all they all do their own thing, and most of them do that really, really well. Whether it be kind of uh, recycled nature, more vitality in terms of men's health, and, and that. I think they're all, all good. Us again, just trying to be comfy, but have that have that that tailored look. I, I don't really like the the ties at the front because if I'm wearing a polo shirt, they're gonna stick out over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and since you are and I'm a yeah, able to edit this, Peter. There we go. As I break this up and break the third person, we, uh, I was going to say, do we talk about Bond? And do I suddenly throw that in there and, and, and talk about the, the absolute crap? <laughs> why, why don't you have a little run at it? And then if you don't want it in, then I'll take it out. It's no problem. Yeah, I'll just, just wonder. If, and you, I mean, you, you talk about um, things that Bond would wear. And it's funny. And one of the stories that we don't talk about all too much, but. Um, a uh, guy who likes wearing our shorts is the famous DC. Uh, so much so that when they were filming on the last film, um, there were a few birdies or a lot of birdies because it all got a bit intense at the end. That um, He went into his bag and said, you know, I don't want to wear these ones. I want to wear mine. And he pulled out the scruffiest shorts, the scruffiest possible. Because I think he's, he's I, I didn't know this, but he's had one of ours, one of Hemingsworth Clipper for a long time. I want to wear this. Um, so they, they then got in touch, uh, the wardrobe team, and we created think, 30 pairs for the film. Unfortunately, um, things like sponsorships, licenses, all that wonderful stuff, Peter, you can't sometimes combat. But it's nice to know, you know that James Bond probably wouldn't drink an aluminous green beer, and he also, you know... Would, would wear a Hemingsworth short if um, if he wasn't being paid to do do so any other way. That's fascinating. That, or perhaps certain brands were paying to have their product in place and didn't want yours in in that spot, as it were. Um, it's it's a fascinating conversation to have, uh, but I appreciate there are so many guardrails and red tape and. Not a, if, yeah, if we go any further, there's not. A if we go any further, we'll have to sign non-disclosures. Forward. That's <laughs> it. It just feels like I'm going to be walking over mines or, or holding grenades. So yeah, yeah. Well, no, we've got uh, clientele-wise, um, we're very, very fortunate. I mean, a lot of the actors or celebrities they wear us in their downtime, and, and we—that's something we're really proud of. When they're they're not being paid to wear things, and I touched on uh, Daniel Craig there, but. Um, it's nice when people are relaxing. That's that's what they go to, and I think that's the same thing for us. We're not we're not a heavily social brand. We're not heavily marketed. As I said, my my background was marketing and advertising, and I think you start to withdraw from all these big claims. So trying to create a brand that's everything that it says it is, and just leave it at that. Just appreciate the product. Um, yeah. And how do you draw that line then between knowing that someone that uh, maybe a high-profiled person uh, is wearing your short, but you, are, you also want to stay modest, which is kind of in keeping with, I think, yourself as a person and as a brand. 
not to kind of plaster their face with the shorts all over social media once you find out that they might be wearing them. You also want, might want to have a little bit of exposure, enjoy a bit of spike of popularity. Do you, do you ever find like the yin and yang of that? You do. I, th- I, think, I think you just, I think it's fine to amplify things that are, are out there, but it, it gives you confidence. I think also a lot of the, the peer network know um as well which helps you know it's not about trying to remain aspirational just for the sake of it you know to keep going hey look we've got david beckham this week and 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 so forth and um or jamie dawner you know it's cool they're wearing it great you see him on the late show you see him on ellen you go and i i understand why you do it it shouldn't be a tough sell the um you, you pick up the product, it fits, it makes you feel very nice. Um, you know it's made in England and um, it, it, should, it shouldn't be harder than that. And I think so far we've been very, very lucky that we haven't had to do that and we've been able to grow organically. Whereas I think a lot of the companies, especially those either with big groups or, or on their backs, you know, you've got pressured targets and you're going to try and employ multiple tactics to get your brand out there or have it associated with these individuals for such a small window of time. They might have picked up your T-shirt and people go, oh my God, they went nuts over us. <laughs> and I think that does more damage than good sometimes with the individuals who wanted to wear it. I think if you've got, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not about neediness. I understand both sides of the coin. We're not that, and that's because we're in a position where we go, we, we just create nice clothes. People want to wear them. They want to talk about them. Great. He awesome. says for now, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, the press release tomorrow will be Daniel Craig wearing the latest clippers in Jamaica. That's it. Can't wait. That old street billboard, yeah. <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> I changed my mind. Um, Matt, thanks so much for taking the time out to jump on the show hemmingsworth.com we'll leave all the links in the show notes um i do encourage everyone you know even if you if you like bond especially you know, there's so much stuff on there like the safari jackets that we mentioned uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly i've got my trigger finger over the the robbie the the, the carrie grant piece having done a, a podcast myself on the to catch a thief and the costumes done mm-hmm. by edith head over there so lots of great stuff to dip into um but until next time matt Take care of yourself. Peter, thank you very much for this. Thank you for doing a great job. And as we approach Christmas, have an absolute wonderful one, mate. All right? You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you'd like to be a future guest on the show finally please help support the show by leaving a review on itunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast until next time